Weekends are a good time to escape to the woods. Unless the weekend begins with Friday the 13th. Because 13 is an unlucky number. But out here, so are 1 through 12. Because these are Jason's woods. And nobody leaves them alive. Okay, so I'm just talking for a moment so you can check the waveforms and see. That sounds lovely. You sound so nice. You know, I sometimes sound nice. I'm very mean most of the time, so. No, you're quite pleasant. Hey everybody, welcome back to Podcast Part 3, the Part 3 Podcast. I am Sam. And I am Will. It is Friday the 13th, so we are obviously going to talk about Friday the 13th Part 3 in 3D. (laughs) Oh boy, does this movie want you to know it is in 3D. (laughs) Oh, right out of the gate, those credits, they they come up at the screen, and then they come up a little bit more. They come right at you. And Disco's back. Oh, yeah. Oh, boy. They're so funky. (laughs) And I'm not going to pretend it doesn't slap completely. (laughs) So, yes, we watched Friday the 13th, Part 3. This is the one where Jason gets the hockey mask. This is the one that basically set the tone for the ne- the rest of the franchise. And the funniest thing about the hockey mask, for me anyway, is like how unceremonious it is. Because how iconic Jason becomes with that hockey mask, it's just sort of a random thing that's lying around that he puts on. <laughs> yeah, like when they did the reboot in 2009, like he finds the hockey mask, but there's like, they obviously have a big moment. Right. Where, ch- 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 <laughs> And he pulls it on, and as he sees himself in the mirror, and it's just like, oh, he's now he's now full, become his final form. And this, it, he he just kind of walks on screen with it, and he's like, oh yeah, yeah, I've got I've it. Got now. a hockey mask. Yeah, it's it's just so funny. I mean, it's clear they didn't know that it was going to become the defining look for Jason. Well, I mean, so in part two, Jason wears like a bag on his head. He wears like the flower sack, like uh, the the town that dreaded sundown's killer. And while I actually think that worked really well, it apparently was really hard to see because he only had one eye hole. Oh, right. And it was like sort of double-sided tape around his eye, around the actor's eye. And they decided they wanted something a little easier to work with, (laughs) uh, especially because they were doing all the prosthetics for his, like, big weird head. Jason's got a big old melon. (laughs) And uh, uh, so they they started with, like, an actual Red Wings hockey mask, and then they, like, molded it and expanded it to fit over, like, to be, like, flatter. Like, there's no hockey mask in real life that looks like that. Most hockey masks, like, cover your actual skull. (laughs) I think that's kind of the point. Yeah, cover your entire head. So, I love the Friday the 13th movies. They're so dumb, and they're so simple, and, like, they're born out of just sheer cash-in cinematic laziness. Sean Cunningham, who created the franchise, uh, he had produced some films. He'd produced uh, Last House on the Left with Wes Craven. And after Halloween comes out in 78, he wants to kind of get in on that trend. And so he takes out a full-page ad in Variety announcing the they're like looking for producers for Friday the 13th the most terrifying film ever made. And he had no clue what it was going to be about <laughs> when he did that. It's just, you got, you got to admire the balls. Yeah, that, uh, that's, that's pretty great. And, 
yeah i mean i'm not as familiar with the franchise as you are i think i've seen i've seen the original i've seen jason goes to hell um and up until seeing this one and jason x and freddy versus jason and the remake so <laughs> all right so you've seen some probably like some of like one of the best and then all the worst <laughs> ones yeah it's probably right uh, but yeah, it started out uh, as basically it was like a slasher whodunit set at a summer camp. I set at a summer camp that has yet to open, so it's just like the five counselors that are there. Um, and, you know, done super cheap. It was just a bunch of like New York actors, like actors' equity uh, people that did theater. Kevin Bacon among them <laughs> yeah. uh, in the original. It was a huge success. It's like as a movie, it's. It's it's kind of dull. No, I don't think anyone goes and says that their favorite one is the first Friday the Thirteenth. Yeah, I mean it's got it's got an interesting twist. That's kind of its big its big thing, and a really great final scare. That's like yeah. that's it's it's because I remember seeing that at a sleepover, and we were kind of making fun of the movie all through it up until that last moment where we all like jumped out of our skin. Yeah, and it's got <laughs> uh you know the the hallmark of the franchise is just really creative, gory kills and. Right. and the original was Tom Savini, who had come off of uh, uh, Dawn of the Dead and made uh, and did this. Like he just kind of showed up. They 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 talk about it in all the documentaries. He just like showed up with his buddy Tasso and a, he had a pet <laughs> chinchilla that would sit on his shoulder, and they would just come up with different ways to kill people. Doesn't Kevin Bacon get a spear through his his? Yeah, he gets uh, like an, ar- or an, an arrow. arrow, an arrow up from under the bed and up through his neck. That's it. Yeah. And, uh, you know, there's like axe to the face. There's the the decapitation at the end. You know, it's that's the when the franchise is at its best, it's just creative kills. <laughs> uh, someone once said that there's not much difference between like slasher movies and porn. It's just instead of sex, it's death. Right. You know, yeah. the bare bones minimum of story to connect everything. <laughs> so. Uh, the Friday the 13th Part 1 was a big hit. They they went straight to Friday the 13th Part 2, and they just decided, fuck it, Jason didn't drown. He's a grown-up now, <laughs> and he lives in the woods, and he's going to kill some other summer camp counselors. And I, re- I love Friday the 13th Part 2. It's probably my favorite in the franchise. Mm-hmm. Uh, the lead g- girl, played by Amy Steele, is great. Uh, it's got one of the best, like, final girl sequences Jason is, you know, still feels menacing, uh, and you know he uh, he's got his like little shack in the woods with his little shrine to his mother. <laughs> There's something like it feels very grounded compared to what came later, right? And uh, it's uh, Steve Miner. It was his directorial debut. He directed this one, and then he would go on to direct Halloween H two O. Oh, and uh, Lake Placid among oh, many okay. others. So. And uh, and he did like House. He did. Um, Oh God! Uh, Forever Young with Mel Gibson. Oh wow! One, yeah, I remember so, seeing you know. trailers for that movie when I was a lad. <laughs> yeah, so you know he had a big career, and he's. Uh, I think th- he did a great job. It's like a really well directed, like low budget slasher movie. And then if you were to watch this one right after, you wouldn't believe it was the same director because this one looks like shit. Yeah, I mean it's, and I have to imagine it's just all the three D stuff. I, yeah, I mean. And, like, it is so funny that this one starts with uh, with footage, I'm assuming, from part two. Yeah. Yeah. Um, and then it just kind of, like, the stuff from part two kind of just ends and then just moves on. 
Well, it's it's uh, you you can tell where the footage ends right. because it it's there's the shot of them like from part two. It's like the whole final sequence of part two. Uh, so you get to see like Amy Steele and you get to see Baghead Jason and right. you get to see him get uh like the machete into the shoulder. Right. Uh, <laughs> and then um, that you see them. It's there's this moment that you see them kind of the survivors staggering out of the cabin, and then it cuts to a shot of Jason's body on the ground, and he shifts to life and kind of crawls away. That's from the new right, footage. Right, right, right. And so suddenly it goes from like really well lit, you know, nice depth of field to just like it's jarringly bright and flat, and really <laughs> flat. You know. <laughs> uh, yeah. So this came uh, uh, in the middle of. One of Hollywood's many different 3D crazes. <laughs> there was the one in the 50s with, like, Creature from the Black Lagoon and, like, William Castle stuff like 13 Ghosts. There's this, the 80s one, and then there was the 2000s one with Avatar and right. everything that came after that. And the 80s one is, it's, I mean, it was just, like, any franchise that could get <laughs> to 3 got the 3D moniker. Right. Like, there's Jaws 3D, there's Amityville 3D, you know. it's. Uh, but it also would always re- mean breathtakingly bad optical effects and shoving as much crap into the camera as you could. But that being said, I feel like this one is probably would have been the most fun to see in theaters yeah. in 3D. Because I just picture, like, in the audience, the moment they, like, pass the joint right into camera, everyone was just going, woo! <laughs> Yeah, I mean, there was, yeah, there was a lot of that, and, and it's one of those that just doesn't make the transfer to home video because of all, no. of all of that. You're just kind of like, this is annoying. Yeah, it's just, it's it's hilarious in how blatant it is, yeah. and, you know, it's it clearly came at the expense of just about every other element of filmmaking in the film. <laughs> yeah, yeah, I mean, the, the opening... You know, the first kill that Jason does in this movie of the, the couple, like, the in the, the bait shop or whatever it is. They're, oh, they're uh, yeah. The, it's like a little grocery store. Yeah. And I've never noticed it until this time, but it's very train themed. <laughs> and the guy who's, like, constantly trying to feed his animals and his, like, yeah. his... Eating hen, all the groceries. Eating all the food and the hen-pecked wife. <laughs> <laughs> what is this? Oh, uh, well, that's like, that's sort of the, one of the things that this one introduced into the, the franchise is really unlikable characters that you're then excited to see get right. killed. So right. you have, like, the first two movies, like, every movie had the prankster. Right. But, like, the prankster in the first movie isn't in it very much. He's the first one to get killed. And the prankster in the second one is kind of likable, and he actually survives. Like, he, <laughs> right. he like, they, a bunch of characters go off to, like, a bar and leave, you know, your your core cast to get uh, brutally murdered. Right. Uh, and so in this one, uh, you have, like, the prankster and the the, the, the filthy locals and the bikers. Oh, it's, yeah. It's, it's just introducing just pure cannon fodder for Jason. Yeah, and, and, I mean, for the most part, aside from, like, of the main characters, I kind of liked everybody except for Shelly and Rick. Those two guys are just big old pieces of shit. Yeah, it, it it's... I find the two, like, Rick's just a, a dick. Right. Uh, Chris, Chrissy? Christy? Chrissy. I, I think it's Chris, but maybe yeah, it's Chris. Yeah, Chris. Yeah, it's you're right. Either way, it's Chris. Uh, she's the lead, and I'm just such a big fan of uh, Ginny, played by Amy Steele from the second movie, that Chris just doesn't measure up to me. 
the uh but much like Halloween H2O this is a story of uh a character rising above their PTSD their their <laughs> trauma of their past that's right uh, yeah no i mean it is it's it's like an elevated horror now it's coming uh coming to terms with trauma <laughs> yeah exactly <laughs> it's in like the longest weirdest monologue that it, it's, it's I, like i i'm sorry uh, sexual misconduct is wildly out of character for Jason Voorhees. <laughs> and that's what it's implied. So it's like they, she had a fight with her parents. She ran off into the woods. She runs into Jason. Right. And he attacks her and she passes out and then wakes up in her bed and her parents won't talk about it. So it's not like she just survived getting killed. There's like a really weird implication there. What's even weirder is the effect they do for that sequence with her like superimposed over it. Yeah. Like, that is, like, did not work at all. No. And I don't no. even know if that worked in the theater. <laughs> no, I don't think, I don't, I don't even think that was meant to be a, a 3D effect. I think that might have been more like to just kind of cover up Jason's face. Oh, Because okay. also his makeup in the flashbacks is different than his makeup that you see later on, like, without <laughs> his mask on. Because they changed uh, the designs. Or I think Stan Winston did a design oh. at first, and then they went to something a little less severe. Okay. <laughs> yeah. Oh, yeah, that was that's that's weird. And I mean, it also has the problem where like the script is so basic that basically all the characters either speak in small talk or exposition. <laughs> like two, I think, is a better film uh, and four is definitely like kind of like the most iconic of the early Jason movies. But this one is definitely like the it's Friday the 13th distilled down to its purest form. Yeah, it is just dumb, horny people go to a cabin by the water and are murdered by a man in a mask. Yeah. And that's it. That's the whole movie. Yeah, there's no even, like, the, there's no point at all where any of them are like, why is this happening to us? Who is this person killing? It's just, no, 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 there's somebody killing them. <laughs> Apart from the the footage from part two, they don't even say the name Jason right. in this entire film. Exactly. It is, it's like, it is just, let us, this is like stock. You could change the title of this movie and if you just use the footage they shot, it could be anything. Yeah, I mean, it almost feels like it. What like they bought a movie and then tacked on chunks of it to yeah. to make it a Friday the Thirteenth movie. If if everyone was dubbed worse, you'd think it was like an Italian knockoff. Right, exactly. But it, but that all being said, I did sort of there were the the couple um, whose name I I can't remember the couple who are like they they're the ones in the the room with the hammock. Oh um, yes. Uh, uh, Andy and uh, uh, his girlfriend, uh, played by Ch- Tracy Savage, yeah, uh, who was uh, uh, in the o- involved in the OJ trial later on. Oh, oh. well, she was a reporter for local uh, L.A. like NBC Four Los Angeles, and she had to go on the stand to testify. I forget exactly why, but Judge Ito threatened her with jail time, but she wouldn't give up her confidential sources. Oh my God! Yeah, wow. so you know it, that I mean. <laughs> good on her but it's like <laughs> what a what a leap what a leap um i i like those two as like a couple they seemed like actually like genuine people and i felt kind of bad when they died i was like oh i i'm kind of bummed that these two are good and, and this is a thing like the, the that all a lot of these movies do where it's like just because a couple is fucking they have they have to get killed right. but like there's a couple like that in part two there's a couple like that in part five i that off the top of my head where it is they seem like a genuinely happy couple of yeah. like young people who love each other. <laughs> it's not like 
it's it's not like uh salacious in any way no and it's not like one of them's pressuring the other it's not like they're both drunk it's like they are just genuinely in they genuinely enjoy each other's company <laughs> she's pregnant that's right yeah <laughs> yeah like they establish that she's pregnant with a couple of lines which is so weird yeah it's that is baffling because it doesn't matter you don't need that it doesn't it doesn't even add like pathos to her at all <laughs> she's not like visibly pregnant yeah you know <laughs> which i assume is probably just a bridge too far for these for a movie like this even the friday the 13th movies never got that sleazy yeah yeah and then so there's those two there's the lead girl chris and her like summer boyfriend rick yeah he's like a real flannel wearing like like salt of the earth guy and and he just he really wants sex and he can only take so many cold showers before his traumatized possibly raped girlfriend will have sex with him oh my god yeah it was his reaction to her traumatic backstory was like he had none he just was like well that sucked yeah sorry (laughs) <laughs> and then you have uh Cheech and Chong. That's right. Um, yeah. oh, excuse me. Uh Chuck and Chili. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> who are a stoner couple who I guess are friends with them. We don't know how they're related yeah. to any of these other people. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I was I was very confused as to how any of these people knew each other, aside from Shelly and Andy, who were roommates. <laughs> right, and Vera, I guess, is friends with the girls, and she's yeah. brought in as Shelly's date for the weekend. And Vera... <laughs> I I liked Vera. I kind of wish Vera too. had been yeah. the lead. Yeah. Mostly because uh, she is... It's so eternally patient with Shelly, even though he is just such a piece of shit. Like, <laughs> Shelly's like the ultimate incel. He's like one of those guys, it's like, no one's gonna like me for me, so I have to be a jerk and a prankster. Yep. You know? Yeah, exactly. <laughs> Beg your pardon, I'm not an asshole, I'm an actor. Oh, God. <laughs> what do you have in there? My whole world. <laughs> Motherfucker brought a hockey mask, a wetsuit, and a spear gun on his weekend with the friends. <laughs> I like how everyone, every time he does something, like it does a prank, and everyone is just like, what is wrong with you, dude? Like, yeah, they're like, you don't have to do this. You don't have to be an asshole. <laughs> like, they're all like, I feel like they're all really reaching out to yeah. him. Like, Shelly. You don't have to be like that. But then even still, when when he tries to make a move on Vera and she's like, no, I don't think so. (laughs) Tell you what, I'm going to go for a little walk and then we'll talk, okay? And he's like, the moment she's out of your shot, bitch. (laughs) Yeah, there was, there's never Bitch, I'm going to go put on my wetsuit and spear gun and scare you. (laughs) Yeah, yeah. Oh my God. It's just, uh, he's like the epitome of the slasher movie character. You just want to die. He's just like, if this is indeed the part three that like sets the tone for the genre or sets the tone for the franchise, that's, that's one of your key ones because it, it just, the ratio of nice people to Shelley's just, it gets way, way more out of balance. By the time you're in like part seven, everyone is just an asshole that you cannot wait to die except for maybe like the one lead girl. Yeah. I mean, and, and Freddy versus Jason kind of does that too. There are so many characters in that that are just like, you're just like these fucking assholes. Just, just kill them, kill them. Not all of them, but a lot of them. It used to, like, when it starts out, there was an asshole 
and the prankster, but then they became kind of intertwined. Right. And then there'd be like the bitch girl, like the mean girl. Yeah. And, uh, you know, she wants the boy as well. You know, it, it's, oh my God, I love these movies. <laughs> <laughs> they're so just, there's, like I said, there is a purity to them. Yeah. Like they, they're not, they're not thinking horror and they're not trying to be. They never, like, even Halloween and Nightmare on Elm Street started from like an intellectual place and right. these didn't. And I kind of really appreciate that because that made, this is possibly the most consistent of the slasher <laughs> franchises. Yeah. There's no, there's no moment, at least in, in this one and, and in the others that I've seen, there's no moment where they're like, we're going to, this is, we have something to say. We have something to say about modern life. It's like, no, 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 no. This no. is just a bunch of people in a remote location getting killed, and uh, and and we're going to make this as cheaply as possible and make as much money as possible, and we're going to do it all in ninety minutes. <laughs> and it worked, honestly. Like yeah. I think this was up until the late two thousands. This was the highest grossing three D movie of all time. Really? Yeah. Wow. Now was and it? Think, and think, think of all the work James Cameron had to put in. <laughs> to unseating Friday the 13th Part 3. How hard he had to work and how much innovation he had to do just to unseat Friday the 13th Part 3 as the highest grossing 3D <laughs> film of all time. Amazing. Now, do you do you know, is this a, a 3D movie that, that, like, a thing popped on saying, put your 3D glasses on now, or did you wear them the whole time? I do think you know? I don't know off the top of my head. And it comes, like... A lot of the Blu-ray versions come with 3D glasses. <laughs> I tried watching it once, but it's like it's the old like blue and red. Right. Like it yeah. I don't think so, but I do think when the there's that moment in the credits where like the Friday the thirteenth kind of zooms up and then the part three zooms up and it comes at you even more. Yeah. I think that was your cue oh, to put on to know okay, like okay, now there's like three D shit being thrown at you. Okay. Okay. But also, um, I guess I'm forgetting, like, 3D movies back then, if you weren't wearing the glasses, it would look all, like, split. That's you know? right, yeah. So, but, uh, yeah, I'm guessing it's when the credits came in, because the old footage was shot, you know, like a real movie. Right. <laughs> but, I, I mean, I just was wondering if, like, when, when it's Rick, right, who gets his eyeball splattered out at the screen. Yeah. I was wondering if when that happens, if there was a thing that was flashing that's like, put your glasses on now, or if you just were wearing them the whole time. Yeah. I guess it, at that point, you'd already gotten, like, 3D yo-yos, 3D juggling fruit, 3D joint, 3D pitchfork. By the time you get to, like, weird wax head, like, of, of Rick popping its eyeball out on a stick at the screen. I don't even know how to describe that effect. It's, it's insane. I'm sure it's... It's so weird. It's, it's like, um... It's like someone trying to do like a Sam Raimi Evil Dead effect, but they're not they, Sam Raimi. Yeah, so. well, because then the head squishes in a weird in a way. It's clearly like the head can't squish the way they want it to in order for the eyeball to pop out. <laughs> yeah, well, and it's like, and it goes from a shot of his actual head to like, like the, like like one of those like terrible like when when they show like terrible tattoos people get of their <laughs> of like their baby and the baby looks like Danny DeVito right. it was kind of like that you know it was like it went from like it went from not looking like a normal person to looking like Max Headroom if he'd been on drugs for a while <laughs> yeah yeah just slightly melted Max Headroom <laughs> Oh boy, and like, and the biker gang comes out of like fucking nowhere. Where? No, that's insane. <laughs> they show up at the in the like, 
uh, Shelly and Vera go to the, like, local country market, which, like, I went, I worked at a summer camp for many years in the Berkshires, and every little town in, like, rural Massachusetts and New Jersey and upstate New York has, like, that one, like, shop like that where you just stop. And uh, so they go in. And they're immediately accosted by some bikers, uh, and but not before uh, the <laughs> before the uh, <laughs> the clerk basically uh, uh, casts racist racist aspersions on uh, on Vera. Like we don't have we don't do food stamps, which the film then kind of awkwardly affirms because she immediately asks Shelley for money. Right. <laughs> It's so like, oh, poor Vera. Yeah. Poor Vera. She seems like such a nice person. Yep. She got stuck with Shelly for a weekend. Uh, her mom was right to not to it try really, not to let her go. It really was. <laughs> yeah. Um, uh, I noticed in the background uh, of that uh, and the market there was some uh, pretty good uh, vintage '80s uh, comics. You had some Masters of Kung Fu. You had some Ooh. DC Ghosts, uh, DC Warlord comics were back there. Oh yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. So some good stuff. I'd never noticed. I don't know. This is the first time I've watched this movie ever and taken notes. And I noticed <laughs> like the van's got a a real cool big Springsteen bumper sticker on the back bumper. Nice. So you know it's New Jersey, even though this is the first one they filmed in California. Okay. Yeah. Uh, which is why there's no lake. <laughs> like, the first two were filmed by an actual lake, and in this one they kept... They tried to do a man-made lake, and it kept draining. <laughs> so it's like... why? That's why it's like one little tiny angle on the beach, right. and that's it. <laughs> oh, boy. with the Yeah, they got that little dock there. That... Yeah, they have the dock. The water is clearly about 18 inches deep. Yep. Uh, yep. It's... <laughs> Yeah, they um they made the lake and they built the house uh for the movie uh oh. which is why the house like some of the doors when Jason's hacking into them are clearly made of cardboard. <laughs> uh and uh, but the barn I think existed because they spend a lot of time in that fucking barn. They do. And and so much of just Jason skulking around. Jason skulking around or just like fucking like angrily digging through shit in the barn. Right. Trying or, to yeah. find people. <laughs> So much they go in the barn. They're like, "We're gonna play a prank on Shelly," and then the the biker gang shows up. Like, yeah, Shelly goes in there like, "Are you guys doing something I shouldn't see?" Like thinking he's gonna catch his friends having sex, and that's when he gets killed. Yeah. It's, it's go into the barn, and you die. That's like just it was that was the whole it, rinse repeat until the final until act, until you much. get in, yeah until everything starts happening. Um, and, but the biker gang really threw me, especially when the guy from the biker gang, the the leader of the biker gang shows up at the end to try and save her. Ollie. Ollie, yeah. Yeah, yeah, he, (laughs) and, and it's, (laughs) which I guess is why Jason chose in his case to just bludgeon him in the head as opposed to doing any real, like, like, like really finish him off. It's just so he can run out at the very end from like a closet and distract Jason long enough to get brutally killed, but it saves Chris. And then she grabs the axe. And it's like, yeah, you wanted, that's what the movie should have been was the, the bikers and like the squ like the, the teens teaming up to to fend off, to fend off Jason. That would have been awesome. Cause I liked, I actually liked the bikers. They actually felt like characters. Yeah. Well, yeah. And you, you sort of like it, 
they're the type of characters that the moment they show up on screen, you sort of instantly know kind of their deal. Yeah. Um, and it's like, I was like, oh, this is kind of an interesting complication to add to the, the mix. It's like, oh, this biker gang is going to, you know, mess things up and Jason's going to be caught in the middle or whatever. No, 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 they just get killed and that's yeah. it. <laughs> it's, it's to tee up a couple things for the third act to, like... Uh, they siphon the gas out of the van, that's right. and that's why Chris yeah. runs out of gas, you know, before going over the, the rickety bridge that they went over <laughs> earlier, you know, it's, <laughs> it really is, it, this movie's got everything, it's like, <laughs> it has every, everything that goes into an 80s slasher movie is in this, with the, like, one exception is, like, it's, there's not a ton of nudity. No, know? actually, and that, I was kind of shocked by that, because, you know, coming to this franchise more sort of knowing its reputation than actual actually seeing the movies, I was kind of expecting a lot more nudity, honestly. And there really yeah. isn't any. Uh, like, there's a like brief there's a little glimpse, bit of like but, practically yeah. side boob. Yeah. You know? uh, they and there's not a ton in the first movie either. There's more in the second, and there's more in the fourth, and then the fifth movie was essentially directed by like a porno director. So there's a so like it's really that one gets super sleazy. <laughs> Yeah, I mean, it was, it, again, as sort of the the reputation of the franchise, I was just expecting this one to be a lot more scuzzier and sleazier and, and the characters to be scuzzier and sleazier. But, I mean, for the most part, they all seem like sort of normal people. I mean, Shelley sucks as a person, but, like, he's not, like, he's not a complete sleazebag. No, you know? no, it's... Uh, you know, and it got to that point, like, like seven and eight, you know, feel sleazier, but they also feel more sanitized because that was getting into the late 80s and the slasher movies were less of a thing and the, you know, the, the MPAA cracked down on them. So right. like six, seven, eight have way less nudity in them, uh, if any, I think in part six and seven. And then Paramount gave up on the franchise and sent it off to New Line, and that's when they did uh, Jason Goes to Hell the Final Friday. Right, which is which is its own weird thing. <laughs> it's, it's, it's the hidden with Jason. Turns out Jason is just a weird little devil worm that lives inside of other bodies and drives them around. <laughs> and yeah, and this is before really any of, like, any trying to explain what Jason's deal is and why right. he won't die and, you know... Like, uh, it's, he's just like a big hulking dude that yeah. goes around killing people. Yeah. I mean, and, and I guess my problem and probably why I never kind of like jumped into the Friday the 13th franchise is, is kind of like what we talked about during Halloween is like, kind of like my killers to have a little bit more of a motivation. And I know like he's got his mother and that's like his thing, but it's, you see that like you see in the, in the opening of this, the flashback to the other one, like he's yeah. got a, he's got a few like traits to him. He's got right. a few rules. Like there's a few things you can do to manipulate Jason. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> but not much. He's just like, he is a man that lives by the lake. And if you go near the lake, he's probably going to kill you. <laughs> He yeah. is even more so, I would say, than uh, Michael Myers. He's the shark. Yeah, he's the shark from Jaws. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, I mean, again, I don't have much uh, uh, history with the franchise, but yes, I mean, that's the impression that I got here. Anyway, is he's just a menacing thing that comes out and brutally kills people and then leaves and then comes yeah. back, or yeah, you know. or dies and uh, yeah. then comes back. You yeah, know, it's. it's <laughs> It's, uh, 
it's it's pretty straightforward. But it's the problem. I think to its benefit and detriment, it's so simple that the they've only ever really tried to explain it once, and that was in Jason Goes to Hell, and it doesn't make any goddamn sense, <laughs> right. and it doesn't <laughs> stick. Like he's a living like hulking mute slasher for the first four movies and then for the rest of them he's like an undead hulking mute slasher right right. and it's it's i think the beauty of it is that continuity doesn't really matter all that much and so you could keep making these forever and ever and i think it's just it would just come down to a question of can you make one well right or not it's like it's just it's not it's the same story but it's how effectively you can tell it Right, right. How how compelling can you make the characters that are getting killed so that you care? I mean, I remember actually kind of enjoying the remake and thinking that was pretty good. Yeah, I liked it a lot too. It's um uh you know, they 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 uh, they elaborated on Jason just enough to give right. him like a little more like he's sort of a survivalist. Like yeah, he yeah, has yeah. that like he lives in the old camp and the locals are like, We don't bother him, he doesn't bother <laughs> us, you know. It's, it's... Yeah. Uh, yeah, I think it's like I've always wanted to like I'd say like I, I would love to write a Friday the 13th movie and what I would do with it is just make it out of working summer camp. Do Jurassic right. World. They've never actually gotten to the point where they opened the summer camp. And when I worked when I worked at Camp Beckett, like, they have procedures and emergency like like uh signals and warnings and procedures for all sorts of stuff like missing camper. Right. Uh, you know, lightning storm is there some rando on camp on the like camp property and it's like how what do you do when you get everyone into their cabins and you take a head count and someone's missing what if someone isn't is missing at the end of like a free swim there's a whole like route you have to swim under the docks right you know just like put it in the real world terms of oh shit there is a fucking murderer living like in the woods nearby and he is we've pissed him off enough that he's going to st- start killing us, you know. The um did you watch the the Fear Street movies? Uh the, No, uh, I didn't. On one of them, uh I think it's the second one takes place in the past. Does a lot of sort of Friday the 13th stuff. That takes place at a at a summer camp and is like a working summer camp. It's like the last day of camp when the killer starts killing people. Kind of a similar deal to what you're talking about, but I think it would be it would be really interesting to see it with actual Jason, yeah, um, because... and have the elements of like he is like a child who loves his mother, right? And like have like ha- take take all the what it's not I, there's not a ton of lore quote right. unquote to this <laughs> franchise, but take all of that and like take what works and just you know play the hits like but like better this time, you know. Yeah, did you did you end up seeing Hellfest? Did you ever see that a couple I years did, ago? I did. Great uh, idea. I I, great I didn't idea. love the execution. Or, it, sh- it would have been. So, it's a great concept. Yeah, yeah. Uh, that's but it's a similar thing. I mean, I felt like that movie escaped from the eighties. <laughs> oh yeah, yeah. It it and you know I, that's the thing is like you know they all get kind of shrugged off, but like the ones that work work really well. I'd say there's moments in Friday the 13th part three that work really well. Yeah. Whenever like she sort of sees him like, like, like catches a glimpse of Jason or when you see like Jason, like sort of stalking like from a window or something, he lurks a lot in this one. And I think that's like legit creepy on a certain level. Like he's, 
Well, they, they, Jason's like properly menacing in this one. Well, and especially when you have a character who's not entirely certain if she's going in, insane or not, you know, where she's kind of, she's questioning what she's seeing, if it's like her manifestation of her trauma or whatever. Like that does add a lot to it, I think. Yeah, um, and, and and I mean, Steve Miner revisited a lot of these ideas with Halloween H2O, like much more effectively, uh, you know, later on. So I think, um, you know, it's... It's it's a good idea. I think it's just a failure of execution, and they were completely bogged down by trying to do the movie in three D. Yeah. Oh yeah. It's uh yeah that that does just doesn't work. Um. I mean it's it's sort of it's entertaining uh on one level, but it just it doesn't the movie just looks so bad. That... Yeah. It's 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 not boring though. It's like no. eighty minutes. It's 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 a fun watch. Like oh, like yeah. all the Friday the Thirteenth movies are a fun watch. They are so what? dumb and. They're so unabashedly dumb. Right. Like they're never like there's they're never pretentious. <laughs> and it's, I mean they're just yeah, this one was so easy to watch like just you know, just to sit down and be like, all right, this is it. And then I mean, these days because uh my you know, because I have a toddler and I'm working, I can kind of only watch movies uh in chunks. So it took me like two days to watch it, but uh but it was just like, Oh yeah, I'm forty five minutes in, everyone's gonna get killed tomorrow. <laughs> yeah. And it's like, you know all the beats. Like, like, oh, she's going to start finding bodies. Like, one's going to pop down from here. One's going to come out here. You know, it's, (laughs) you know all the beats. Like, much like the Universal Monsters, like, this stuff's so baked into the horror genre that you just kind of know it without having seen it. Right. And, or if you have seen it, if you're like me, you sort of came at the horror genre through sort of the more postmodern lens. Like with Scream, you at least understand all of the tropes pretty much. Yeah, so absolutely. You know, I love the shot with Jason when he gets the axe in his face, though. That must have oh, been yeah. so cool in 3D. Like he gets it in the face, and his yeah, immediately yeah, yeah, his yeah. arms go up, and he's reaching for you. It's, Freddy versus Jason. They described it as you know the unstoppable force and the immovable object. <laughs> right. <laughs> Uh, that movie is better than it has any right to be. <laughs> so much better than it has any right to be. That movie is so entertaining. Like, it is, it's, like, it's shocking that it's that entertaining. <laughs> yeah, it's, it's, and I think that was also, that one knew, don't overcomplicate it. Yeah. Like, you yeah. you gave me a book a while ago called uh, Clash of, uh, or Slash of the Titans, <laughs> and it discusses all the different, like, scripts that were developed for Freddy versus Jason, and some of them just are so elaborate, like, it was, like, Jason has to collect 13 dream demons. Right. It's like, or there's, like, a, a warlock named Dominic Necros who resurrects <laughs> them both. And it's like, no, no. It's like, Freddy... And Jason, and you and you smack them together, and that's that's the movie. It's and yeah. it, like as long as you've got a big dude playing Jason and Robert Englund playing Freddy, you're fine. You're fine. Yeah, and and you know a, a group of at least semi likable teenagers. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, and yeah, that movie. I, it, it does make sense that you have, I think, what, do they go through nine different drafts of that movie? In it, if, or? if not more. No. Uh, or, so many. Because it yeah. was in development as early as Friday the 13th Part 7, which is right. the one where Jason fights a telekinetic girl. That was originally going to be Friday the 13th, or Freddy versus Jason, but they they couldn't, they couldn't uh, get, New Line and Paramount couldn't agree. <laughs> 
Yeah, I mean, but so you can you can understand why a bunch of screenwriters would come at it and just overthink it and like think that they they're above either above the material or that they need to overcomplicate it to like add the dream realm into the thing and it's like no 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 just make it simple just yeah. simplify it's a really uh, <laughs> a really easy it's like it's not hard to get these two in the same room together you know yeah. it's. And then there were the ones like it was one of them would end with them getting dragged into hell and then suddenly Pinhead shows up. And it's like they were going to do like a shared universe after uh, the first one came out. They There was talk for like a hot second about doing a sequel where they fight Ash from right. Evil Dead. Yeah. Uh, but I think Sam Raimi and Bruce Campbell wisely were like, no, let's let's <laughs> not. <laughs> that's a comic book let's not <laughs> yeah that's the, yeah that's that's a we don't need to deal with the headaches i i mean there is i want to peek into the alternate universe where sam raimi directs that uh oh you know, well i mean you know. yeah yeah if sam raimi was going to direct it that's that changes the calculus completely <laughs> but uh but no, obviously it probably wouldn't have been that if if it had come to pass. But no, that, it would have been. It would have also. They would have used the um, a, another actor as Ash from that period when they were going to remake Evil Dead with and bring in a new character, a new actor as Ash. Right. And all the yeah. fans were like, "Don't you dare! Don't you fucking dare!" This is that like early two thousands. Uh, like there was a time lest we not forget, not that long ago, when all of these franchises that have now come back and worn out their welcome again were like, ooh, are they going to come back? Like, are we going to get more Mystery Science Theater 3000? Are we going to get more Evil Dead? Are we going to get more Star Wars? You know? Yeah. And, <laughs> and all I can think of is when Homer Simpson got sent to hell, and it's, so you like to eat donuts? Yeah, eat all the donuts you can take. <laughs> Yeah, I suppose. I mean, although I, I will say, I think the uh, Ash versus Evil Dead was a lot of fun, and and I think it also helped having the original creators part of it, or or you know, I mean, uh, heading the ship. I think, I think part of the problem with a lot of these franchises that are coming back, and and I like some of the 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 sequel Star Wars stuff, the Disney Star Wars stuff, but so much of the of the new the franchises as they come back is that they're commenting on themselves. Yeah. And they're, and they're not like doing anything like new or intriguing with the with the cons with the the franchise. And it a lot of it is just feels like relitigating the premise or relitigating something that was done in the 70s. Although it's like the new Halloweens want to sort of comment on the previous movies in the series in, 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 in a way where it makes it seem like they're a little bit above it all. And yeah. the thing I like about uh, the every, none of the Friday the 13th are at all self-aware. And you, you can't make a self-aware slasher movie because that's a whole fucking franchise. You're never going to do it better than Scream. And, it's, and even if you don't like Scream, Scream's been done. So it's better to play it straight. Yeah. You know, it's like, yeah. it's... None of these stories, with the exception of maybe like a half dozen slasher movies, none of them have been told so effectively that you couldn't tell them tell the same story again with a new lens. No, oh, yeah. You don't have to you don't have to get self-aware. You don't and you don't even have to do like a last Jedi thing where you like, you know, sort of upend everything. No. Not I, that this movie has this franchise has anything resembling a mythology to follow. <laughs> No, I mean, I, th I think you're right. And I, I think it's just, if you were to, 
you know, whenever they do make a new Friday the 13th, I know that there's like some rights issues or something, which is what's causing them not making. Yeah, the rights have been complicated for years because when they sent when New Line took over the franchise, they got the rights to Jason Voorhees, but not the rights to the title Friday the 13th because Paramount was making the TV series. And and ever since then, the waters have been very muddy. So like they haven't gotten to 13 movies. The next one that gets made will be the 13th Friday the 13th. Which is like, come on. Yeah, yeah. But I, what I don't, what I don't want from something like this, and uh, you know, it, this sounds weird because I, I don't have a huge affection for the the the, the Friday the Thirteenth movies. But what I don't want is something set in the seventies or set in the early eighties. No, I don't I, want Stranger Things. Yeah, I, 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 yeah. I don't want that, and I don't want. I don't want a pastiche. I just want sort of a modern version of it, just with like better effects or and and a little bit better acting and better and a better you know a better screenplay yeah Uh, there's your challenge how do you do this movie in the modern age when we got phones and stuff like right honestly i want to go i want to be able to write it so i can research it because i'm like how do summer camps work now do you have like a safe where you've put all the kids phones so they can actually do summer camp shit all summer (laughs) Like, yeah, yeah, I mean, that's that's actually intriguing and sort of a more interesting way to, like, deal with the cell phone issue than a lot of horror movies do when they get out, they get stuck in the woods. It's like, oh, I have no reception. Yeah, you know? and it's, and then, like, so many of them now are, like, throwbacks or, right. you know, they, right. yeah. And or it's, they're just, they're period pieces, yeah. Yeah, I, I'm, I'm, I'm tired of, th- I mean, we live in the nostalgia era, at least in terms of movies, I'm I'm I don't need any more throwbacks. They've been making throwback Star Trek now for like almost ten years, where it's all set in the future's past, uh, <laughs> and it's the, the I don't think Friday the Thirteenth needs that. I am afraid that's what the next one will be. Like right. they'll set it in 1981, you know. But I I think the the beauty of this franchise is that it's so simple that you don't need. Like, you can just keep, like I have said, you can just keep telling the same story over and over. This franchise has never had a reboot. Like, apart from the one remake, it never retconned anything. It's never rebooted itself. It is a continuous line of (laughs) quote-unquote continuity. But it's it's never been self-conscious enough to be like, we gotta start over. Like, Halloween's done four times, and Texas Chainsaw Massacre's done a bunch of times. (laughs) Oh, we have fun. We do. Um, Well, uh, on the subject of having fun or not having fun... uh, Will, I believe uh, next week's your pick. It is, and actually sort of apropos of our conversation earlier, so uh, uh, earlier tonight. So um, uh, with uh, Multiverse of Madness in the theaters, Sam Raimi's back, made a big budget movie. I think we should do his other part three that we haven't talked about, Army of Darkness. I like it. <laughs> an actual good movie yes oh my no. god that's a treat yeah and uh, so he will join steve minor in the uh, podcast part three uh returning repeat offender directors that's right yeah yes so. army of darkness i love it so good the third evil dead so much fun it's uh like yeah. much like uh shawn of the dead and hot fuzz as you described it if you could 
crush it up into a powder and snort it it would give you pure joy yep. it's so yeah. quotable it's it, just a it's a gem it's one of those ones i probably wouldn't need to take notes on it because i have seen it so many times yeah same here i mean i, I, I we'll, we'll get into it but it, it's one of those movies that i saw um i saw it spring break of sixth grade and I saw that and the Frighteners the same weekend. Ooh, it's a and, good double feature. And I think it, uh, I think it rewired both movies rewired my brain on like a permanent level. And it was like the same year that I had like gotten in, really into Monty Python and Mystery Science Theater. So it was like my my like a lot of my my the stuff that I love like really codified there. So yeah, but uh, so yeah, Friday the Thirteenth Part Three. Uh, it's 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 not good, but it is great. <laughs> Yeah, I think that's that's accurate. Yeah, like that's I'd totally say, like, like, is it an essential part of the franchise? I'd say absolutely. It's it's it is it's doubling down on everything that they that made the first two successful, and it adds a couple of key elements. It's like they finally like figured out how to make the killer iconic, right? And yeah. after that, it was you know, it was off to the races for like <laughs> nonstop. I think it was like they they did part four, the final chapter. Uh, realized that wasn't going to stick, made a new beginning, Jason lives, new blood, then he took Manhattan, then he uh, was uh, then a he devil. Then he went to hell. Then he, yes, then he was a devil worm, then he went to space, uh, which, if you want to talk about, if we ever do part 10, the part 10 podcast, <laughs> that movie is... We we went on a bachelor weekend to Austin a couple of years ago, and I feel like on there there's a lot of like film guys, like 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 intellectual film guys, and I feel like that whole weekend. And our buddy Daniel, who was getting married, said like, "Bring some bad movies, Sam. I want to watch some bad. We're gonna get drunk. We're gonna watch some bad movies like we do." And I was like, "I got you, buddy. I got you." <laughs> and they were they were talking about like you know like uh, uh like classic films and foreign films. They were talking about like City of God and all the all weekend, and I was just like. I'm going to break their brains. <laughs> and you did. Yep. You did. With Jason X of all things. Because <laughs> I don't think if you only watch the greatest movies ever made, you don't truly understand all the nuances of filmmaking, in my opinion. You have to watch the bad movies. You have to watch you have to watch the blockbusters, the dumb blockbusters. You have to watch the slasher movies, and you have to watch like the Plan Nines and the the uh, the Rooms and the Jim Cottas and just so like just it's like if you only know of genius, it's impossible to conceive of how something so stupid could come to pass. <laughs> well, and also, I mean, it's it's one of those things, especially because it was we were uh, not to call anyone out, but it was a lot of people who are in the business, and it's like no one tries to make a bad movie. Remember this. <laughs> It's yeah, that's like the no thing. No one sets out to make a bad movie. But it is like, you know, the most famous bad movie podcast is called How Did This Get Made? You know? <laughs> <laughs> that is the question we ask ourselves. But what I'm so proud of is that uh, our our buddy uh, who was on, on that trip, who was like definitely the most like he, he was like a real like cinephile and he's very smart. And he, like he knows film up backwards and forwards and up and down like I do after that. He, now he's always asking me, I want to watch more bad movies. Yeah. What's there, what are some bad movies? And I was like, oh, you got to check out, you know, Get Even. You got to check out Miami Connection. You know, it's yeah. like, it's such a it's such a wonderful world of schlock and cheese that I think is just a great insight into filmmaking. Well, and even even like the, the like Miami Connection is a perfect example because it's a terrible movie. But like, 
it is so bananas and strange that like when you get people who don't know how to make a movie, they just they don't follow any rules and they're just like, we're just going to do whatever comes to mind. It's not <laughs> cynical. Miami yeah. Connection's a passion project. Like, yeah, exactly. Like Friday the 13th Part 3 is like, you know, Son of Frankenstein or the Universal Monsters and that's like just we're going to crank these out and occasionally one's going to be a gem and occasionally one's going to be breathtakingly bad. But like the truly great bad movies are the, the, the person making them believes in what they're doing. <laughs> exactly. They just don't yeah. know how to do it at all. So that's when that's, and that's when you get the room, you know, right. that's when right. you get Miami connection. That's when you get roar, you know, or it's, Manos, the hands of fate. Yes, exactly. <laughs> yeah. Uh, I believe, though, with Man of the Hands of Fate, he had bet uh, screenwriter Sterling Siliphant that he could That's make right. a movie, and they wrote a contract on a napkin. Uh, That's right, yeah. And while Sterling Siliphant went off to win an Oscar for In the Heat of the Night, that guy, Hal Warren, uh, went and made Manos the Hands of Fate. Yeah. Yeah, um, yeah I, the best film class you and I ever took, in my opinion, was Absolutely. Bad Films. And it was this yeah. professor who was looking at doing film theory through the lens of bad movie making. We watched... Um, we watched Pink Flamingos. We watched uh, Doris Wishman movies. We watched uh, the acting in porn, but not the porn. <laughs> and it's, it's like, it's, it's, rem- it is, the, the, breathe deep, people. If you've yeah. never seen something and you're curious, but people tell you it's bad, watch it anyway. Yeah, give know? it a shot. Yeah, I mean, and, and, you know, a lot of what that bad films class, we didn't, a lot of the movies we watched were not actually bad. No. Because a lot of them were just, like, cult movies. Yeah, they weren't, like, they, you know. yeah, Pink Flamingos isn't a bad movie. It's 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 a filthy movie. <laughs> yeah, it's a very <laughs> dirty a, one. But. That's a movie that where they made exactly what they set out to make. Same as, like, uh, with, like, Little, uh, Little Shop of Horrors, the original, right. like, Roger Corman stuff, Bucket of Blood. Yeah. You know, it's watching film art through adversity it's watching filmmakers with very limited resources try to execute their vision right. and you know it's uh it's fascinating i really think so and i don't think necessarily friday the 13th part three is worthy of this conversation we're having right now <laughs> but no. it is one of the gateways i had into these type of movies yeah like watching I mean, like a buddy of mine loaned me i used to see these the friday the 13th vhs tapes in the video store and they seemed so like forbidden and a friend of mine loaned me his like the first five on vhs and i watched them all on my birthday once and you know <laughs> and i'm i'm hooked ever since and and it led me to discover you know that's led me to halloween and american werewolf in london and evil dead and you know even dumber shit than that it's like you're an uh, archaeologist in a way you're sort of digging through layers of stuff yeah (laughs) kind of you know and it was also like you and i are kind of the last generation of people that did that without the internet right like really guiding us so it was, it was like, re- literally, it would be like, I'd go to uh, the video store and they were like, if you like that, you should watch this, you know, yeah. that sort of thing. Yeah, I mean, and I, I remember using IMDb at the time, not really like to recommendation so much as like, I'd look up Sam Raimi and be like, oh, he directed these other yeah, movies. Yeah, it was like know? a reference. There was no yeah. social media to speak of. There were yeah. like fan websites where you could like look up, you know, 
the deleted scenes from Alien or something. Right. You know, yeah. it's uh, and like we were re- just this is also like right before DVDs come out, so yeah. there's not as much insight into the making of these movies. Uh, yeah, and I had um the big uh like I think I had like the video hound video hounds movie guide. One oh of the yeah, real big thick like leonard malton the, style the, video the phone book ones. yeah bigger yeah. than a phone book like you could kill someone <laughs> with this thing and so you could go through that and just find like what gets five stars what gets zero stars right. and you know go from there yeah yeah oh man i haven't thought about the video hounds books in a long time i had one of those too leonard malton had his book and roger ebert i think had a book and yeah we had one that hbo put out uh, for a lot of years and then we finally had to like update it you know because it was from 1990 and we got one in 1998 <laughs> and that was video hound and uh, yeah the the video hound ones i remember actually had a lot more like culty and weird movies it was it was that. more in depth it felt like yeah. it was bridging the gap between leonard malton and the psychotronic video guy. <laughs> <laughs> yeah yeah, the Psychotronic Video Guide I only ever looked at in, like, a library. I never had that on my own. No, but, uh, yeah. at Hampshire, one of our friends had it. I That's think, right. I think Alicia That's had right. it. That's right, Alicia and, had it. Uh, yeah, and she would, like, highlight all the stuff she'd seen, you know, <laughs> because she was a, a, a font of these movies. Yeah. For sure. Yeah. yeah. Uh, but, yeah, no, I mean, I, I think you never know what movie is going to be your gateway into, like, completely upending and expanding your horizons uh for what you like and what interests you and what makes you want to get into the art as well yeah yeah absolutely and we'll definitely get into that next week because i think both you and i look to the evil dead movies as like certainly when we were in college they were a huge inspiration for how we were making stuff yeah and and sam raimi in general and just sort of his his aesthetic and and tonal thing and how he jumps from camp to seriousness to to like slapstick comedy to you know to horror just uh you know yeah that's yeah yeah anyway but uh yeah so yeah will uh any final thoughts on friday the 13th part three well sam i'm not an asshole i'm an actor (laughs) shelly's dead Oh, it's a real gamut of performances in this movie. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Uh, yeah, so thank you all for listening. You can find us on Twitter and Instagram at Podcast Part 3. New episodes drop Friday, and after Army of Darkness, uh, we got something special planned because we're coming yep. up on our 20th episode. We got something special. It's been a long time coming. Yep, it's going to be it's gonna be big, and we'll, we'll talk about it next week. Yeah, insert very distinct maniacal laugh here. good good alright Will until next time always a pleasure always a pleasure have a great night folks